Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle, and on today's episode, I'm joined by the coolest cat in the room, whatever room he steps into, Eric Katz, Cooley, back in the building on The Advantage, and we are discussing NBA win totals and the odds for teams to make the playoffs. Now, me and Eric recorded this, and we didn't have the best internet connection. There was definitely some communication issues. And overall, to be transparent and a little forthcoming, I did not think it was our best session simply because of the technological issues that prevented the normal cadence and chemistry we have. So I wanted to take a few minutes at the top and just recap some of the key points we made, some of the bets that we're placing, and some of the ideas that we had before jumping into the conversation. I do still think it's a conversation worth listening to, but so that you guys aren't sifting through it for the picks and the angles, I'll hit you guys with a few of the major ones at the top. Before we get started, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast if you like it and you want to give me a five stars. If you don't feel like this is a five stars podcast, you can simply subscribe and wait until you hear a really good episode that you do think is a five-star episode, and then hit the rate and review button. You can also follow me on Twitter, at mfiddle14. I have been very active on Twitter, and I will be increasingly active as the NFL season rolls around and as I start tackling the DFS space for sports ethos on the football side. Anyways, back to my conversation with Eric. We started off with Eastern Conference. And the basic premise was there are eight teams that made the playoffs last year. Generally in the NBA, six or seven teams in each conference end up making the playoffs again the following year. We don't have the same level of parity that we do in the NFL playoff picture. There is consistent playoff teams. And we went through the teams that made the playoffs last year and forecasted whether we thought we were, they were going to make the playoffs this year. Now, For the East, it might be 8 for 8 this year, and that's something that we talked about, and that seriously weighed into our betting angles. So the bets for the East were to take the no on the Charlotte Hornets to make the playoffs, simply because they are probably a tanking team or a team that is going to be prioritizing their lottery and draft position, given some of their news and trade rumors that they're looking to get off of Hayward and Rozier, that Miles Bridges certainly doesn't seem like he'll be playing this year. They have a new head coach in Steve Clifford, and they still have LaMelo Ball really young on his rookie contract. So if we're going to you know, take a down year, now's the time to do it while the team still has so much contractual security of that player. So I do think that the Hornets Our team that won 43 games last year are projected around 37 this year, and I think it's a really safe under and a really safe no on will they make the playoffs at minus 265. I think it's worth laying the juice. Moving on, the Cleveland Cavaliers. This was also a team that I'm no on. The win total came out at 42.5, and it has been bet down to 41.5, showing that the Sharps are on the under in Cleveland. Now, you would think that's a bit confusing because Garland, first-time All-Star, Mobley, looked like one of the best rookies we've ever seen 
last year. And Jared Allen, good, brought in Levert towards the end of the year. Maybe he gets better. They had terrible injury luck with Sexton and Rubio going down. So you would think the Cavs are an ascending team. I do think they are, but I also think the rest of the East is equally ascending that the Cavs now have a tougher schedule and simply play a lot more harder teams. So I don't think they're going to take as big of a jump as we would normally expect when we see a young team on the rise like they were last year. It is contextualized into who they faced last year and who they're going to face this year. So I think the really safe play is to play the no on the Cleveland Cavaliers to make the playoffs at minus 110. The yes is also minus 110. It is this straight up normal odds bet. But I'm confident laying the no. I do think they're going to probably be in the play-in tournament in some capacity. Last season, they were in the play-in tournament in the eight seed and played against the Brooklyn Nets and then played against the Atlanta Hawks where they lost both games and they were kicked out of the playoffs. Now, if you have the no right now, which is where I think this ultimately ends up with them just missing the playoffs, you can also, in the future, hedge this because likely when that play-in game comes around, if they are in the play-in tournament, they will likely be the weaker team and getting plus money odds to win that game. So then you could either take the point spread and hope for a middle, or you could take the money line and secure in some profit regardless. I think it's a really far away idea, but the gambling theory holds value that the right play in this situation would be on the no. Eric and I also talked about the Chicago Bulls and how they are an over team in the East. And then we segued out West and kind of did the same idea, saying who can we take out of the playoff race from last year? and who would slide in for this year. And I will let you guys hear what Eric had to say, but we were both in unison that the Jazz are a clear out this year. They have been in the playoff picture the last few years, and this year they will not be. So I played the under on the Jazz win total. They still have Donovan Mitchell on the roster, so their win total is still probably inflated, about six or seven games more than it should be. From the moment he gets traded, which I think he will get traded. So a small bet to get ahead of the market on the Donovan Mitchell news. Subsequently, I laid the really, really steep number at a minus 800 for the Jazz not to make the playoffs. I've spoken about this numerous times on the podcast. I am very okay playing such a big number and such a heavy favorite, if I'm convinced the chances of its probability exceed the expected win percentage of the bet. There were definitely some surprises to the takes Eric and I had about the West Coast teams. We were in lockstep that the Denver Nuggets are an overplay. We were in lockstep that the Phoenix Suns are a don't play, but lock them into a playoff spot. We were in lockstep that the Pelicans are going to be a good team this year and should be dangerous if they stay healthy. Not worth playing, but I would lock them in to a projected playoff spot. Now, where we differed, and I will let you guys 
hear the episode to hear the reasonings, was that I was selling on the Memphis Grizzlies, the two seed from last year, taking their no to make the playoffs at a plus 320, while Eric was taking the no for the Dallas Mavericks to make the playoffs. He's fading Luka. What a crazy person. Now, he did have some reasoning. It is a nice long shot bet that he said the line holds value, but I will let you guys hear that from his mouth and not mine. After we wrapped up the win totals discussion and the odds to make the playoffs, we happened to touch on rookie of the year for a bit. It was a surprise that we got to this topic. It was not part of the plan, but it ended up being a really good discussion. And sadly, I even clicked stop on the record, and then me and Eric kept talking about it, and I wish I never clicked stop. The idea is Jordan Poole is the pick at plus 500. Tyler Hero seems like he could be the pick at plus 650. Those guys are such locks to be really good six men this year on winning teams that are guards that score, that literally check all the boxes that we look for in the award, that we should play both of them right now. If you have any hesitancy to playing Tyler Hero, I would understand. One thing that Eric and I mentioned after we stopped the recording is that he's on the trade block for Donovan Mitchell. And he's on the trade block seemingly for Miami's next big piece if another disgruntled star becomes available. Now, if Hero is traded, he is sure to be a starter somewhere else, and he is no longer in the running for six men. So you might want to wait on that until we get closer to the season and see that Hero is actually still on the heat and still in a bench role. But that being said, the pool number is worth playing. I still think the plus 650 on the Hero is worth playing a little bit of juice. And then there were some long shot odds that Eric and I discussed that we really liked, whether that be Spencer Dinwiddie, Norm Powell, or potentially a few other names that I will let you guys wait to find out. Again, I apologize for the technical difficulties. I hope I did a good job basically summarizing the main points. There is a lot of detail that I still worth, that I still think is worth listening to. So here's our discussion. I hope you guys enjoy. Again, follow me on Twitter, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, and I will talk to you guys next week. All right, welcome back. We are now joined by the DFS Dynamo, the player prop professional, Florida's finest. I want to throw another alliteration in here today, the muscle man himself, because this guy is looking real good on the video chat with me right now. Cool E, welcome back. How you doing, brother? Great, Mike. Thanks for having me. Love the intro. Um, excited. I like the topics. Yeah. You texted me last week and mm -hmm. you said, hey, win totals are out. When are we going to be talking about them? So that put me to the test. Because of the schedules, we weren't able to talk until this week. But mm -hmm. you know, I was able to tweet out uh, a few bets that I've already been on. So mm -hmm. you were able to secure a few lines that you liked as well. And now we are going to, you know, join forces and start that discussion. But Eric, a few weeks ago, I mm -hmm. had you on the pod and we were talking about those odds for teams to make the playoffs, right? We talked about uh, 
like the, the Cavaliers were 120 to one to make the playoffs. And we put a unit on that because we talked about, hey, we could just hedge the other side of that really easily if they do make the playoffs. 100 to 121 to win the, the whole thing, you mean? Correct. Thank yeah. you for thank you for that. They were 100. We were talking long shot odds to win the NBA championship, and we took the Cavs, and we said we could work backwards with a long shot like that. But now yeah. we actually have the odds listed for just the teams to make the playoffs. We have the right. win totals out for the 82 game season that it still is in the NBA. One day it'll be 72, and all the win totals will drop, and everyone will be slamming Maybe. overs because they don't realize. That there's 10 less games in the season. But for this year, we still are running back with another 82. So we mm -hmm. have normal-looking win totals again. Mm -hmm. And those are posted. And we are going to get into some of those best bets, what we really like. Eric, let's start with the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Right now, they still have a guy, Spider Mitchell, Donovan, mm -hmm. still in the building. He's in Utah. He's actually probably spending 95% of his time in New York and elsewhere. But mm -hmm. he's on the Utah Jazz roster for probably a little while longer their current win total is i think 33 and a half is it at i'm gonna check right now sorry yeah it was either 32 yes. and a half or 33 and a half 33 and a half is where i got it at it might have dropped to 32 and a half mm -hmm. eric i was slamming slamming the under in this mm -hmm. situation i also jumped on the utah jazz to make the playoffs at a no is a minus 800. We have often talked on podcasts that me and you like to take a big line and, and lay a long shot odd if we think it's a lock. Mm -hmm. So at, you know, eight to one, betting one unit to win, sorry, one to eight, betting one unit to win, you know, a, a little over a tenth of a unit, like 0.125 units is a bet that mm -hmm. I'm making. And also under on the 33 and a half, how do you react to those bets on the Utah Jazz? The eight to one lock, if you have the the capital and you want to lay a big number, do it. Otherwise, don't do it because you're not going to return anything. But I think anything north of laying down, you know, 400, 500 is, is, is viable. I mean, you still get back, what, 70 to 80. I mean, if you could lay a big number, if you have the money, do it. They won't make the playoffs. They're going to be bad. And we look at it from the standpoint, Mike, just from the not making the playoffs, it's a lot easier. There's eight to 10 teams better. Um, I don't know how the construct of the playoff is working with the uh, 9 and 10 playoff play-in team. I, I presume the bet cash is when you actually get in the playoffs, or is it the play-in? So it, this, okay. this becomes the final eight teams to actually make the playoff bracket. So if we go last season, Cleveland Cavaliers finished, I think, as the eighth seed. They played in Brooklyn in the first play-in game. They lost. Then they went to Atlanta where they uh, – no, then they were home against Atlanta mm -hmm. in that 8-9 uh, game, and Atlanta won. So Atlanta became the eighth seed, and people who held Atlanta Hawks tickets to make the playoffs cashed, and those who held Cleveland Cavaliers to make the playoffs did not cash. So it is the eight right. teams that end up in the playoffs after makes the sense. Yeah, based on the, based on the odds, it makes sense, because um, if, if it were just the 10 teams, they would be smaller even – but even suggesting that Utah's not going to be within the top 10, I don't believe. And solely because Gobert's been dealt, and in return, they got assets for the future, which means Donovan Mitchell is being moved. He's going to be a free agent. It makes no sense to, to, to keep him unless they're paying him, which they're not. Um, he doesn't want to play there. 
And given that their assets, for, like for example, if they traded Rudy Gobert for viable players to start playing now and be productive now, be maybe different on whether or not Donovan Mitchell stays. But he's getting moved likely. Uh, I would say it's all depend. The only reason there's a wait is because of Durant. And once Durant becomes unmovable, Donovan Mitchell goes. That's what I think. Um, and I think yep. he goes likely to the Knicks because they have the most, or not the most, one of the teams with the most assets to give back in terms of picks and young value. But those young value and those picks aren't going to materialize this year. They're going to be bad. They're okay with being bad. They're planning for the future. Given that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert won't be there, their team's made up of very average players who are on the downfall that's even still there. They're just not going to be good. Simple as that. Bet, bet full. Yeah, the idea of this bet is to get ahead of the market on a team that is very, very likely to tank. Their win total is 33.5. It should probably be like 24.5, 22.5. They're probably going to be one of the worst four teams in the league. And uh, I completely agree yeah. with you. We're waiting on the Kevin Durant shoe to drop for the next shoe to drop, which will be the Donovan Mitchell one, uh, both literally and figuratively. I think he has his own mm -hmm. shoe coming out soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. And um, he's a marketable guy. Yeah, so I think I think this one's a pretty clear lock. We're kind of getting ahead of the market of what we expect a team to not even attempt to compete. Still getting a win total in the 30s is way north of what they should be. I would be looking at alternate win totals, but they are not posted yet, and they probably will not be for a team that's in such transition like the Utah Jazz. But just to follow up on Eric's point. Um, Yes, they traded Rudy for four first-round picks and a bunch of young assets. They also uh, got rid of Eric Pascal, who is Donovan's best friend on the team. And they didn't sign uh, Rudy Gay, I think, which is another one of Donovan's best friends on the team. So they got rid of their second-best player in Gobert, and they also got rid of Donovan's two best friends on the team. So it does not set up well for Donovan to be returning to, oh, no, the second one was Joe Ingles. It was Joe Ingles' trade back in the day, and, and then it was the Eric Pascal signing. My bad, Mike. That's another valuable player they're losing. You saw he was out for a lot of the season last year. They were already on the downward turn last year. You know, you know the effort and, you know, the whether or not this 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 thing was attainable, it obviously it, it blew up in the playoffs in the first round. Now they're, they're selling. And those two players that they're giving them are the makeup for their defense and offense. Outside of them, they're not competitive. They're going to be very bad. So 32 games is, is not good, but it's, it's, it's still too much in our eyes. Um, and yeah. that's the point of what 32 we're games is like, is like middle to late lottery when the, this team is going to be front of the pack lottery. Let's move on, Eric. I think I've identified one more team that is mm -hmm. going to be in the tank market but is not listed in the tank market. And I wanted to get your reaction to that. That is LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets bringing in a new coach, kind of an old coach in Steve Clifford, losing Miles Bridges to the domestic violence case, uh, which was disturbing cool. in the pictures. And when you have pictures and, and evidence and charges coming, it seems likely he's not going to be playing at all this year. Uh, if he is, if he, there's probably going to be a lengthy suspension. Um, this team is very young around LaMelo. I could see it as being a potential year that they kind of tank, potentially get Wembenyama and pair Wembenyama and LaMelo for the future. This should be another strong draft class. I think the Hornets are a, looking to be in the bottom four. And with a win total at 37 and a half, 
because somehow they ended up with 43 wins last season. 37 and a half is still a situation where I would smash the under and I would play the will the Charlotte Hornets make the playoffs? No. Minus 265. It's a bit of a big favorite. Not as crazy as the minus 800 of the Jazz, but it's still Mm -hmm. another heavy favorite. No to make the playoffs that I like. Yeah, Mike, we um, we argued this back and forth, and it's all dependent on Miles Bridges for me. And because that's so up in the air, it's it's I as crazy as it sounds, I think it's easier to speculate that Donovan Mitchell won't be playing for the Jazz. And these are factors that you have to take into account when trying to take the line right now. Than it is for Miles Bridges. These a lot of these things do have a tendency to disappear, um, given given the graphic nature and what's come out about it. It probably is too late. And if you want to, like you, Mike, are hedging on that. Because that's the cornerstone of the bet, is that Miles Bridges doesn't play. If Miles Bridges is playing, they still have Rozier. They still have Bridges. They still have LaMelo. They got some young talent in P.J. Washington. I think Gordon Hayward comes back. He's not He's not terrible. He's still a pretty good player if healthy. They have some pieces that I think in a East that's... I think the East is very beatable from five down in a regular season. Matchup versus the West, you're just... You know, you're just pounded by tough teams every night and the competitive nature of having to have a good record, generally speaking, um, elevates that to where I, I think Hornets with Bridges playing and Jordan, you know, getting frustrated. They're always losing. They, they've assembled a team, I think, that wants to at least compete this year if he plays. If not, I completely agree with you. I think they'll be bad just because they don't have enough. I don't know if they're necessarily trying to tank yet, but, um, you know, they have players on the back end of contracts like you know, Hayward, Rozier, you'll see being moved. You'll see these guys move if they're bad and Bridges is out, but it all depends on Bridges. I think until... You're right. There's also been a lot of talk about that Hayward and Rozier package potentially for Russ, and then they would buy out Russ. So if they're trying to get off of Rozier and Hayward potentially for future assets, that's a potential another sign that they are in the tank market and not looking to be great market. Eric, the eight teams that made the playoffs last year in the East... Heat, mm-hmm. Celtics, Bucks, 76ers. I think those four will all definitely still be in the playoffs. Heat, Celtics, yeah. Bucks, 76ers, right? For sure. For sure. Then we get that's Raptors. Definitely. Say that mm-hmm. again? I think that's a guarantee, and I think Raptors are a guarantee as well, but you keep going, Mike. Bulls. Yeah, I, I think they're likely, and I think they fall after those top five, to be honest, if we want to really get specific to viewers here. We're not going to touch in, in deep on that, but I think those are the five five top teams in the East. What about the Nets and the Hawks? Oh, the Nets, Nets are interesting because I, I think Kevin Durant, it's not feasible for him to be moved. I think it's almost beyond discussions. And you know these things do get crazy in that, like, oh, they finally landed it. But it doesn't appear that it's moving in that direction, given the limited teams Durant will go to and given the amount that the Nets are willing to settle for. Um, so, assuming Kevin Durant Do you does still think play, they're a playoff team? Yes. If Kevin Durant's playing, Kyrie Irving is playing. Um, barring injuries, they get Joe Harris back. You know, who knows what happens with Ben Simmons. Simmons is playing. I think with or without playing. Simmons. Okay, let's say Simmons is playing. I, I don't think... I, I think... He might work in this in this role. I think he'll bring defense. He'll bring flexibility on um, the defensive side for sure, which could you know help the rant out a little bit in matchups. But aside from that, to not get nitpicky, if those guys are healthy and they're all there, Durant, Kyrie, uh, Joe Harris, Simmons, um, they got a few other solid role players like Claxton. I don't know if he's still there. Maybe he is. 
with or without him, regardless, Durant, Kyrie, they're making the playoffs. They're, they're, that team's not missing the playoffs. Um, not in the East. I completely agree. My question for you, Eric, is which of these teams that were in the playoffs last year might be ducking out of the Eastern Conference playoffs this year and which team might be able to jump in? I was of the mindset, just to give you my opinion first, that we might go eight for eight again next year in the playoffs, barring some catastrophic injury. Heat, Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, Raptors, all locks, I agree. Nets, lock, I agree. Hawks, added DeJounte Murray, lock, I agree. Bulls, I am taking the over on the Bulls, and I am a big believer in defense, and their uh, amazing perimeter defense travels really well in the playoffs. They will be a healthier team this year. They were the sixth seed last year. They were the number one seed through 50 games last year. So I am all over the Bulls over. We will get to that in a second. So, Eric, I think we're going eight for eight again in the East, which means the Hornets fall out, and this is, for me, a pretty safe bet to take the no on the playoffs on the Hornets. The other team that might squeeze in, which is where I want to go next in this conversation, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, it's interesting. So if there is a team that is going to be a bit of a roll the dice, their yes-no to make the playoffs, Eric, is minus 110 on both sides. The Mm -hmm. books are pricing this as straightforward as a line as it gets. Do the Cavaliers make the playoffs? Their win total is right now at 41.5. They are projected essentially to be a 50-50, 500 team going 41 and 41 or potentially 42 and 40 in an 82 NBA game schedule. How are you evaluating the Cleveland Cavaliers this year? To me, that last spot, yeah, given that what we talked about, Mike, um, it's going to be harder for the Hornets, but it, this, the 9-10 play-on games, be aware, people, to hedge your bets at that point in the season because it's likely coming down to that with these kind of bets. Great point. Yeah. So, Great point. Um, right, right. So, and we'll know by pretty, pretty, you know, it's pretty separated the top to bottom. Detroit is another team to kind of keep your eye upon. Maybe they're not ready yet. Maybe they are. Um, but that eight seed is, uh, I think it's, it's, it's the Cavs or the Hawks. I don't know which way I lean. I'm not so sure DeJounte Murray fits so well with that team. He's a very ball dominant player. He's a great player, but so is Trey Young. And I don't, you know, it, it, they're going to have some like uh, weird um, adjustments to make with that. They lost Capella. He's kind of nearing the end. I guess they'll they'll fill him in with that backup. What's his name? The uh, he's similar to him. Um, he's pretty good center there. Akongwu. Akongwu. He's whatever. He's serviceable. They have DeAndre Hunter look to be elevating, but I, I like the Cavs too. I think the Cavs were were depleted a lot of last year without Jared Allen, who's become a force. And you have Jared Allen and Mobley. You know how quickly these players that are stars become superstars. Like, he's he's going that way, Darius Garland. They're a defensive-minded team. Those teams generally fare better in the regular season. Um, yeah, dude. Eric, I sent you that my... I sent you that my lean for the Cavs was to take the under on the 41 and a half and to take the and to take the no on the playoffs. I do think that this is still a very young team with a lot of other teams in the East clearly trying to get better. You think the Knicks are going to be better. The Wizards might be better with Beal. So I think just some of those easy wins that the Cavaliers got, even though the Cavaliers are still an ascending team, yes, completely. 
I don't know if they're also ascending at the same rate as everyone else around them or if they, they kind of catch a little lightning in a bottle last year and how good Rubio was, how impactful Mobley was right away. I still think Mobley's amazing. But now that you're talking this out to me and you're saying there's that whole 9-10 hedge situation, here's what I'm thinking. Since it is an even money line, yes or no, to make the playoffs, what, should, what we should be doing is sticking with my no to make the playoffs bet, which is likely, you know, the case. And, and, and Take the minus 110. And then once they're in the play-in game, they will likely be an underdog in that game and take the plus money in that situation. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going to play the win total on the 41 and a half. I'm just going to play the no on the situation and plan to hedge this in the future in the play-in game if they get there. Also thinking, I do think they are going to take a step back because I think the Knicks might be a playoff team. If they get Donovan, they might be Mm -hmm. in the playoff mix. So Mm -hmm. that might, whose spot is that knocking down? The Cavaliers are that really young, semi-established team looking to assert mm. themselves, but it might be a year too soon, and what happened last year might have been a bit of lightning in the bottle, even though I do love Garland, I do love Mobley, and I do kind of hope LeBron and Bronny show up there one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's interesting, Mike. And, you know, the East has gotten tougher, clearly. Because um, those yeah. five, six, seven teams we think are automatic games, it wasn't like that. So this is um, this is definitely a more parity East, and uh, and you mentioned the Pistons; they should be more dangerous as well. Sure, sure. I still think the Pistons aren't there yet, though. I think the Cavs have have have, have a philosophy down where they're going to be gritty on defense, and I just like. Jared Allen missed maybe a third of the season with like a broken hand or something. He missed a significant amount of time and that was huge. Like they won games by keeping mm-hmm. teams within the low 90s or high 80s. And like yep. Garland missed a lot of time. Colin Sexton comes back. I don't know if he's going to help them. He might. Um, I don't know. I'm just like the Hawks to me concern me because they just look like a team who's not prepared. And they look like they have a lot of star-studded talent that night might not form the right way. But it really comes down to this, Mike. If you think me and you are on the same page, if you think they're going to be within the top eight and eight seed, then you say yes. If you think they're going to be nine or ten, you say no with the ability to hedge and you prepare yourself. So we're under the same impression that they're going to be at the bare, at at the minimum, a ten seed. Eric, let's transition this last team that we want to talk about in the East, and then we'll go over to the West Coast. We mentioned the Chicago Bulls playing the over. I did mention that, hey, they were the number one team in the East through 50 games last season. Then they got decimated with injuries. They lost Lonzo. They lost Caruso. They they lost Patrick Williams for the season. They were playing Mm -hmm. Io DeSumnu, who was, don't get me wrong, a really good rookie. And Vooch had the worst season he could have possibly had. Uh, Levine was banged up for a bit. DeRozan was a bit outworldly, yes. So maybe some regression from DeRozan this season, but we Mm -hmm. should get so much more health and wellness from the Chicago Bulls. We should get a stout defense. We should get another focal point of their offense, Vooch, just playing simply a bit better. I am all over. They're over. It's now at 44.5. I got it at 43.5. I still like it at 44.5. Eric, this is a good team to me. What do you think? Yeah, I think they're good. I don't know how good they are defensively, Mike, but Lonzo, they are so much better with Lonzo Ball. Like, he's such a – 
And that's where we look for value in these lines. We look for what was missing last year and whether or not that piece is important and how they gel. A simple role player piece that maybe the books aren't pricing as much as we are. Exactly. Exactly that, Mike. Well put. That's that's what I was getting at. Um, Caruso, another guy like that for, you know, the minutes he's going to get, he's going to be valuable defensively. So they do have defensive help there. I don't know how great they are defensively, and I think they might be a little undersized at the at the bigs. But offensively, they're going to be a juggernaut. They're going to win regular season games. They're going to blow out bad teams. And healthy. And and that's what we have to assume. You know, we have to assume guys like Zach Levine are coming into camp healthy, even though he's been a question mark lately. Um, DeRozan's always playing. Vucevic, you don't really see get injured. So Lonzo's a question mark and staying durability. But we have to assume these guys are healthy and they're going to play. That's a good line. I agree. I, I look at them more in the 47 to 48 win total range. If, if, yep. if they say healthy. Yep. I actually like a long shot bet for them. I would like them to take them as like a top three seed in the East. If I get like a nice plus money as like a plus 400, plus 500 when we see the seeding come out. But those odds are not out yet. So let's just stick with what we got. We have a win total at 44 and a half. I think a safe play is the over. Eric, let's take so, this to the West. All right. And let's approach yeah. this West discussion the same way that West we approach the East. Yeah, yeah, let's let's start with the let's start with the playoff teams and let's mm-hmm. start by saying who in the playoff picture last year might not be this year. Typically in the NBA, at least 75% of the teams roll over and make the playoffs. We do not have the same level of parity in the NFL where you might get completely new playoff teams every year because there's a, you know, 16 game schedule and mm-hmm. a ball that bounces weird in the NBA, you know, generally when LeBron's on the court, they make the playoffs. That did not happen last year. Last year yeah. we had the Suns, Memphis. Well, let's go through Golden it. Golden State Warriors. Huh? So, Suns. Let's let's agree if we see if we agree so far. So Suns. Okay, we yeah, we'll go by this one by one. We'll get into why. So Suns, we both agree. Suns are in the playoffs as long as they have Chris Paul, Devin Booker. They brought back DeAndre Jordan. They should have Bridges, <laughs> uh, Cam Johnson, the band back together. Um, Suns are in the playoffs. Suns are in the playoffs for sure, right? Yeah, just it's DeAndre Ayton, not DeAndre Jordan. But uh, did I say Jordan? Yeah, yeah. But that that'd be funny. Then I'd maybe veer out of there. Um, but uh, Mikael Bridges too, right? <laughs> maybe if it's DeAndre Jordan, they do not make. No, I still think they'd make the playoffs. All right, let's get going. We saw and, and that, Biombo bring them some dubs. They're such a regular season like pretender too, and like I still think that they will be. They're still hungry enough to compete during the regular season and not wave the white flag, and they still think they're good enough to win. I don't know if they're going to be the one seed, but I do think they're going to be in the top three or four. I do. If healthy. Yeah, they're definitely. Regardless, they're a playoff team, and we can move on. Um, sure. Memphis. How do you feel about Memphis making the playoffs next year? They finished as the two seed last year. Jaron Jackson Jr. already out four to six months. That could be as soon as returning as November. It could be as late as January. And in the past, they've even slow played his injuries. So I'm not too convinced in my, it's even January. How are you playing or forecasting the Memphis Grizzlies? In. I was shocked, to, and we'll go over that. They're in. You know, you don't just win that many games by surprise and are that good with a plus-minus differential with your best player out. And, yeah, they're going to lose Jaron Jackson, but they, to me, were noticeably the deepest team in the league. 
Like they would put in second rotations and other five guys, and that depth is going to help them in the long run. They're going to have healthy legs most of the season. A guy like Brandon Clark could step in and fill that role. Jaron Jackson's obviously much better defensively and offensively, but they're still going to be difficult. They're going to be a tough, gritty regular season team, and they're hungry in Memphis. I, th- I think that the allure of, you know, I'm not the biggest Jaw fan, but I think there's a hype surrounding them that, that they're not going to – going from two seed to, to out is, is spectacular to me, so I don't see that. Okay. You're right. You did forecast this a little bit. I sent you my no to make the playoffs for the Memphis Grizzlies at a plus 320. I simply think that holds good value right now because one of their star players is out. They True. did lose Kyle Anderson. They did lose DeAndre Melton, two key pieces of their bench depth. They replaced them with like Roddy and Jake LaRavia as rookies. They re-signed Tyus Jones. They brought in this guy, Kennedy Chandler, as like a third string back, a point guard. But having JJJ already be out and having Morant be an injury risk any game he plays because he literally just throws his body through the lane and flies um, – mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, can I get ahead of this market too and take the under? It's not that I don't like Memphis and don't like Morant. I think he's amazing, and I think this is a really good team. I think they're already facing adversity this year, having lost two key veterans, having been down a star player, and having their current star, who's still healthy, be someone who's definitely injury-prone. And we saw missed games in the playoffs and missed 20 games last season where they happened to go like, you know, he missed 25 games, and they happened to go 20-5. and five. I don't know how repeatable that is. I saw a lot of factors last year that worked out really well in their favor. They do have a young emerging coach in Taylor Jenkins, and I hate fading good coaches that I like, and he's certainly one of them. But having that value at no plus 320 at a team that could potentially be like, Eric, this could be a team that ends up in the play-in tournament and is a favorite because they're one of the seven or eight seeds. So now we're, yeah, we're, we're hedging them the other way when you already have them on, on a no at the plus money. No, I understand the logic. And, and you're saying they've gotten worse and that, you know, the Vegas is attributing their line to being in a similar position. You know, they did lose two valuable defense, uh, not defensive, uh, backup players that were getting 20 plus minutes. But you also have to look, Mike, that Dylan Brooks was out for majority of the time. And he's a regular season type gritty defensive player. I don't love him, but like, you know, his plus minus is always good. Um, You know, they're still pretty deep without them. And they still have a front court that's strong. Um, They're going to run teams. Uh, Desmond Bain's only going to get better. John Morant. You still got Steven Adams. You still got Brandon Clark. I, I, I just, I see the value in what you're saying in that plus 320, you can hedge. And, and listeners, you have to keep in mind that when we talk about this, you have to stay sharp throughout the season to find a line to hedge because we're, we're looking for value-based timing bets. So Right. I These see are futures bets as the market stands now. Right. Exactly. So be aware, like, as you're saying, Mike, like if they're 15, 15 at some point in the season, you can get a favorable line is what he's saying, essentially. Um, I don't know that I think this one might be a little bit of a reach. I just I think you you, you say there might be some regression to that, like 25 without Morant, but they were beating teams by like 20 points. Good teams, too. So I don't know. Yeah. So that so that to me is a sign of a team that's hungry and good and and on the rise. And um, I don't know, losing Melton Anderson to me, it's it's a, it's a loss, and Jaron Jackson's a big loss, but they have enough to me. I, I think they're secure within the five spot, four spot. I do think they've regressed a little bit. 
Okay. But Warriors, I think we can both agree, are a lock to make the playoffs. Yes. So we got the Warriors, Suns. Um, we'll, we'll hold on okay. Memphis. Right I'm going to keep I'm, Mavericks. They're a team to me that I wrote you, Mike, that become a very interesting target to fade because because we're and we say this and and let's talk about the Mavericks for a second because I think that's a, it's an interesting one. What was the line for it, Mike? I'm going to pull it's, it up right now. Because if you could get them at plus value, which you probably will to not make the playoffs, they're the team I believe you should target. I think they massively overachieved last year. Um, I think they lost. Eric, you, I have their line. Their, their win total is 48 and a half. And their playoff projection is yes to make the playoffs minus 385. No to make the playoffs plus 290. See, Tell me why you like the no to make the playoffs. That seems to be the direction you're going. I like the no on them, and I and I don't necessarily love it because I think if you look at their roster, their record last year, and their their um, success, it, it it seemed to me that they were a team that that relied on their defensive stopping and their ability to Berluca to play just outstanding and. Brunson was the second best player by a mile on that team. They didn't have much offense outside of Luka and Brunson. And so to me, it's like you lose a guy like Brunson and don't really um, make your team any better outside of that. And you're really not that good offensively to begin with. And now you lost your second best offensive player. I think they're weak in a tough West, and I don't know. Like, I think they overachieved defensively. I, I'm not so sure why they were so good defensively last year. I guess they have good perimeter defenders in Bullock and uh, and uh, the other guy from Florida. What's his face? Um, Denny Smith. Denny Smith. Yeah, but these guys, to me, I don't know. They, they seem to overachieve last year to me, and I can't really pin exactly why. I think they're a little small too. I don't think they have really, you know big guys that can just crush the boards for them. Um, you know, Luca's amazing. He can dictate a lot of games, but he's going to have a lot of wear and tear that they're not going to be able to just say Brunson, you know, take the brunt of these next eight to 14 minutes. Um, I don't know. They're the team There's to also me. There's a lot of hype. Yeah. A big they're, hype they're train team. surrounding the Mavericks because of how they did last year. And, you know, in public and betting, you always want to fade where the hype is. So... I certainly and, think and there's a there's some value in playing the under on the win total. I'm not too sure about that. I do think they're going to be a playoff. Well, I'm not I mean, too Luka sure about it either, Mike, too good. If, Yeah, I'm not on the so win total. Sure. I see where you're coming from. Well, I'm just saying let's let's go through the teams that we think are definitely in. And like if if we if I think Memphis, Phoenix, um, Golden State, there's Golden three. State, Denver, Nuggets. let's both agree. I I think Denver's Whoa. a lot. Just Timberwolves. Wolves, Wolves are, are to me a lock right now, um, given that they've only increased their team and they're young. They're, they're, those players are just getting better. Like, they're not getting so worse. That's one, that's one, two. We agree on Suns, Warriors, Nuggets, Wolves. So we agree on four. Memphis, I agree, is probably in, but I'm, I see value in taking the no. Uh, so, Mavericks, so saying, I think, are, I think Mavericks are a lock. Okay, let's say Memphis for argument's sake, and, and if we're if we're trying to find a good value to fade, that's five, right? So then can I, I think- give you another. Can I, wait, 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 Eric, Eric, Eric. I have an important one. Can I give you one more team that I think is a lock for the playoffs, but there's no value in betting it? Clippers. Los, An- Los Angeles Lakers are making the playoffs this year. 
LeBron and AD are not going to miss the playoffs again, but their yes to make the playoffs is minus 290. So they are an extreme. They are as likely to make the playoffs as the as the Mavericks are to miss the playoffs, essentially. No, other way around. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to edit that out. Three, no, they have, two, they have very similar odds in making the playoffs. Mavs are a little better. Um, but these right. were the Lakers' odds last year, and they were atrocious. And there was glaring signs with the Lakers, because this is a team that, like, glaring signs defensively. Like, they played no defense. They were horribly coached. They brought in some goofball to coach them now because no one else presumably wants to coach there. Anthony Davis can't seem to ever stay healthy or seem to care. Russell Westbrook stinks. LeBron's getting old. He's there. They have the signs to me of a complete... Like just blow up, not gonna work team, and I think I think it's happened, and I think people are unwilling to accept that. So me and you stand on opposite sides there, and I think you like teams that didn't make it last year that are in this year. The Clippers are in. Clippers are gonna be a favorite fun. Like oh yeah, Clippers in. Forgot both LA teams are locks to me. But okay, we'll go with one. We'll 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 count between Memphis and LA. We'll keep we'll count one team. So we have. Suns in, Warriors in, Jazz, I mean, uh, Nuggets, Jazz are out, Nuggets in, Wolves in, Clippers in, Lakers or Memphis in, Mavericks probably in, which leaves the last space open for your New Orleans Pelicans or potentially for someone like the Portland Trailblazers. Sell no, me the- on the Pelicans as a team that we should get behind. Well, I mean, the Pelicans are much better than the, the, the Blazers. That, that's for starters. Um, I think the Pelicans might be better than a team like the Mavs or the Lakers. Um, the Pelicans have C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, and arguably, when healthy, the most dominant force in the NBA. And people are assuming he's not going to come back and be that because of the stigma surrounding his weight that seems to be complete BS. Assuming he comes back, and he's a, and people don't realize this about Zion, he's a very easy player to integrate into systems because he's just so dominant and he's so unselfish and he can do everything, and he's just going to be a problem. And they were a problem when uh, when they didn't have him last year. You could see towards the end of the season, um, they also have perfect way to mesh their starting five with Herb Jones, a small forward. They're going to be tough, dude. Look, just listen to that lineup. It's borderline all star. <laughs> So I just looked up their odds. Their lineup is absolutely stacked. Their odds, yes, to make the playoffs are minus 150. So I think That's it's probably a pretty good bet to take that right now. Uh, yes. They might be a team that's in the play-in. They might even exceed that. I think C.J. McCollum is just a straight winner. The guy ends up on teams that win games. I mean, he was in a 3-6 to six seed in Portland for so many years next to Dame. Uh, their over-under on their win total is 43.5. I also like the over on that as well, Eric. We are in lockstep in taking the Pelicans over and to make the playoffs. And don't you feel like, Mike, real quick on the Pelicans too, that their makeup like of McCollum and Zion and, and Ingram and Valanciunas, it, it's a bunch of different players not playing together. But don't you feel like they'll integrate easily? Whereas, like, you know, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young will have a lot of learning curve. Like, that team, to me, is filled with unselfish type players. And I think Ingram, we haven't talked about Ingram. He, Ingram, to me, has taken the next step, too. Um, and I, I just can, think Zion's efficiency is just so outworldly that when he steps in, 
he's going to be so dominant in his touches that, yes, CJ, happy to play off ball. B.I., happy to play off ball. These guys are going to be excited to win for the first time in their career and be, like, on on the good side. And you have a month. Valanciunas is is a beast. Yeah, JV's a beast. Herb Herb Jones is going to be a disruptor. They're going to be sneaky, solid defensively. They have some weak links in McCollum, but usually the guards don't really disrupt their ability to play difficult defense. Like, I think Ingram has the ability to be a very good defender if he wants to be with his versatility. They're going to be tough. They're going to be versatile. Their lineups are going to be weird. Uh, they're going to be tough, dude. Like, you really Last team I want to talk about it in now? the West. You think so the Lakers are better than the Pelicans? Yes. I think the La- I just think the Lakers are a lock to make the playoffs, dude. I think, it's, I think we would be foolish... I'm not betting the Lakers win total. I like the Pelicans over on the win total better than touching anything on the Lakers. I think there's no value in these Lakers lines, but I think it'd be foolish, really, really foolish to not pencil LeBron and AD to make the playoffs. They were like the four seed before they both went down last year, even as bad as Russ was. Russ is not going to be that bad again. They got a few other pieces that might be a little bit better than they were. Their role players were absolutely atrocious this year. Kendrick Nunn was non-existent, even though we heard about him endlessly. Monk was good, but we can find another replacement high-volume scorer off the bench. Um, Let's last team I want to talk about, Eric. Don't stay healthy. That's the problem. You're assuming he's going to be there, but we'll we'll see how it unfolds. I'm I'm staying away from that dumpster piece. I'm staying away from betting it because there's no value, but I'm telling you it's contributing in my projections for other teams. Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets. They are the last team I want to talk about. When this line dropped, Eric, it was at 49 and a half. I got to see what it's at right now. Their regular season wins 50 and a half right now. I still love the over in this situation. I am such a big Jokic stan. I think the guy is absolutely incredible. I think they are returning Jamal Murray and MPJ, which is certainly going to be dicey. We don't see too many re-injuries off the ACL, so I think Murray should be okay. MPJ with back injuries will forever scare me because I know back injuries don't go away. They subside for a short period of time, and then they come back. That is such as such as life Here. for me. So <laughs> I think... Uh-huh. The, yeah, right. The uh, I've also seen in the gambling markets, Bones Highland has been shooting up the charts as a six man of the year. The Sharps have been pounding Bones Highland as a six man candidate. Don't worry, I'm not on that line, but I'm aware yeah. of it that they're expecting a huge boon from Bones Highland. He's literally like the second or highest third, third most bet player in the odds right now. He's like behind Hero and then Pool. It's it's Bones Highland, which is crazy to me. And it also yeah, says a lot and, to and me those that, guys are so far and away ahead of him, though, is the problem. Yeah. Well, not you really in the saying? odds. We'll have that discussion, we'll no, have no, that no. discussion it, it, soon. That's crazy. In real life, you're saying. They're not so far and away ahead of... Because Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero are starters off the bench. Like, that's... Let's, let Eric, 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 I'm going to cut you off there. We're talking Nuggets win totals here. So, <laughs> how would you play the 49.5 win total of the Denver Nuggets? I, th- I think I take it because and, – and you want to worry about injuries with most teams, but you have to understand that if Jokic is playing, it does not matter who else is playing. So MPG, MP, right. whatever, G, MPJ, I think I think he's overrated <laughs> on defense. He's a good scorer. He's a prolific scorer at times. He's uh, I don't love him, but Jamal Murray is is a lot better than Fecundo Campazzo. Um, and they won 50-plus games last year. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is much better. He's much better than Will yep. Barton. 
Will Barton was just an I inefficient. Agree. I agree. Just, you know, you know, inefficient type of player that's a stat stuffer because he'll get enough attempts. I think Aaron Gordon has taken that next step in understanding his role. I think he's very solid there. I think Jamal Murray will take a lot of the burden off of Jokic, but it really comes down to if Jokic is playing, they're covering. He's so good. He's so unstoppable. And he's so efficient that in the regular season, like as long as those guys are open and hit the shots, like he'll do the rest. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not that hard to win with him. Maybe in the playoffs it is, but because you know a fatigue and teams ramp up, but regular season he's the perfect player. Um, and I think he's just an amazing player. And they did it with like Austin Rivers and Fikindo Composo are getting valuable minutes. They won't see the floor this year. Um, they were bad last year in 150, I think, games. So. I think that's a nice line. I think take it, right? I mean, yep, Eric. Jokic I, gets I injured, to, um, and that's that. If if Jokic gets injured, you know, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a wasted bet. But again, you can't plan for someone who's been so durable to get injured. And if he stays healthy, and he, he normally does, and he doesn't normally rest as much as some of these other stars, he's no. going to lead this team to 50 wins. So yeah, we are in lockstep on Denver over 49.5 and 50.5. Yeah. I still think has value. We are in lockstep on Bulls over 43.5. We are in lockstep on Jazz under 33.5. We both like the Hornets under and the Hornets no to make the playoffs. However, the circumstances with Miles Bridges, you might want to wait a little bit until they clear yeah. up. But you also might you might miss the line because when that does clear up, they Correct. might drop six games in the win total. So it's dependent on how you want to play them. Maybe a small bet there, half a unit, and you can add more on if it goes your way. Eric, mm -hmm. do you want to take three minutes and discuss that six-man situation that we were quickly talking about? Yeah, let's do it, Mike. Um, uh, so right, tell I'm me up the odds live. I don't really think – so do they have an east and west or it's one person for the whole league gets it? I've never taken this kind of bet. One person for the whole league for six man of the year and the current odds are Jordan Poole plus 500, Tyler Hero plus 650, and then third is Malcolm Brogdon 14 to 1, Bones Highland 16 to 1, Jordan Clarkson 18 to 1, Cameron Johnson 21 to 1, Kevin Love – 27 to 1. So there's a bunch of uh, different odds, so, but it really feels like it's between players, Pool and Hero. You, yeah, and and fantastic odds. Fantastic odds for Pool and Hero. Like, bet them both. Honestly. That was um, exactly what I was going to ask, Eric. Should we be betting on both? Odd. And I think, I think, you know, I've already bet, done them it. Both, bet them both. Bet Brog. Well, here's the thing with Brogdon. And the Celtics are going to beat teams by defense. They play at the slowest pace. So a lot of these six-man awards are, are, are very deceiving statistics. So, like, I don't think he's going to have the stat line to win a defensive uh, a six-player of the year. You know what I'm saying? It, it really attributes yep. to, like, prolific numbers, like points per game. Like, Clarkson becomes a very sneaky pick in there just because as bad as – well, you know, they generally give it to good teams too. Um, but right. uh, Clarkson, Clarkson will get the minutes. Clarkson might be starting. So – I don't know. I think Bones Highland is getting way too much hype for the position, but presumably you want to look at factors like they're going to go to a six man on a good team. So, you know, really just lay can a I, lot on pool. And can I pool in here? Can I throw you yeah. out? Can I throw you out a nice thirty to one and a thirty-two to one that I both really like? Sure. 
Spencer Dinwiddie, if he's going to be backing up Luka and coming off the bench and being that six-man scorer on a potential Mav team that could win 50 games, I know we're both on the under, but if he's going to be a guy that comes off the bench and is a scoring punch, which he is a high-volume scorer, he's at 30-1 to right now. And we also have uh, Norm Powell on the Clippers. Now, I'm not too convinced Norm Powell's not going to start, but if it is... Kawhi and PG playing the two and three, and I th I think it might be all three of them together, but if it ends up being Zubak and Marcus Morris, like it's projected to be right now, or potentially Batum, and Norm Powell comes off the bench, 32 to one of, uh, of a guy of Norm Powell's talents on a team of the Clippers that I think might be a number one seed is very interesting. He will be coming off the bench. I just thought about it. Morris doesn't come off the bench. He's a, he's a starting type player because, you know, his length and defensive versatility. So it, he will come off the bench, and that's an interesting pick. Also, I'm a homer, and it's it's going to be great odds, and it's just a, a long shot of a take. But you want to talk about a guy who gives you instant offense and just is, is going to look into more prominent roles, Emmanuel Quickly. You got to tell me Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah. 33 to 1. On, 33 to 1 on Quickly. He's right behind Emmanuel. Because Emmanuel Quickly, I'm just looking at guys who get – Minutes and, and he was like not getting a lot of minutes from Thibodeau last year because Thibodeau's a weirdo. I think the city of New York will riot if that's the case this year. Okay, guy's a stud. I don't care what you say, Mike. Um, prolific scorer. <laughs> no, but seriously, guys like him, prolific scorer, immediate scorer. Um, I guess Tyrese Maxey's a starter, right? He's 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 gonna be starting for them. Um, I'm yeah, trying to think of guys. I'm trying to think of guys who could come and fill it Melton, up. Melton is the candidate in Philadelphia. Oh. He's interesting, but I don't know if he'll get enough. And and that's my issue with Dinwiddie is one, I think he's starting. And two, even if he's not starting. Dinwiddie is not starting. Dinwiddie is not starting. Okay. It's, it's going to be Bullock, Bullock Luca, Vinny Smith, uh, no, it might Christian be Wood, and JaVale. No, it might Hardaway be Hardaway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, Dinwiddie's so not fine. starting. He's their backup. So then I don't know. Like, just because even if he is coming off the bench – he still will be playing nine or ten minutes on the floor every game. He's only going to get ten minutes or so in the game without Luca. And when Luca's in the game, you don't touch the ball as much, so you have to factor that in. I'm talking about a six man who comes in and is just able on any type of five man rotation to have complete unfettered control um, and just yep. shoot away bombs away. And it seems to me like we're we're trying to get outside the box, but we're telling everyone listening here to bet bet a large number on Hero and Pool. And then the number. Throw in a splash on one of these longer long shots that you think, whether that be a Dinwiddie, whether that be a Norm Powell, whether that be a Quickly. Not all Powell's of them, but here is Powell's them out. Yeah, Powell's definitely interesting. He might be the one that I chose. I might sprinkle. Exactly. And Eric, going back to the Malcolm Brogdon point, I see Derek White is also listed pretty high up in the odds. So they're going to be you know, hurting each other in sense that they're both backup Celtics guards who might be filling in that six-man role on any given day. They, they might not have a consistent six-man. Too many mouths to eat there. You got to look at the six-man of the year that win it. And it's like, if you look historically, like those guys are scoring 20 points a game, like Crawford or, um, or what's his name? Clarkson or Lou Williams. Those guys were like the second offensive choice on the team. Like these, that's, people have to recognize that. It's going to be a guy who has, like, they're not going to look at field goal percentage. They're going to look at how many points per game, assists, and rebounds. It's a very stat-oriented thing on a good team. 
So that's what we're trying to get you to take away from here, people. Like, Brogdon's not going to have enough of the statistics to win it. I totally right? agree. Eric, all right, sweet. We've, I think, given out some really good bets today, a bunch of win totals. We've reviewed the playoff pictures on both conferences and even got into a little rookie of the year soiree. So I appreciate that. Thank you for the I'm time. I'm looking friend, more into that, Mike. Yeah, sorry, I cut you off right before you no, end we, it. Um, that what, is you want to talk more with that. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, those lines to me were outstanding. Um, yeah, so for pool and hero. Take both of pool and hero, and then take one of these other guys in a very small bet. <laughs> like, spray it. Elim- yeah, they are process- 30 to 1. The process of elimination with the guys who we told you look at record, look at potential ability to get shots up, and that's all you should be factoring in. But yeah. Okay, so there's there's a guy like Brogdon. We talked about him not worth taking because of the presence of Derek White. They have a guy like Kevin Love. I'm talking about the guys who are priced way too highly in the market right now. Kevin Love, only 27 to 1 because he got uh, six man of the votes last year behind Mobley and J.A. Uh, Clarkson, he's not going to be in the running because the Jazz are going to be atrocious this year. So even though right. he got votes last year, I don't think he's going to be – Involved because they're a tanking team. Anthony Simons right. is high up in the rankings. Anthony Simons is very likely going to be starting. They just paid him $100 million next to Dame. Cameron Johnson also got votes last year. Listen, he might be starting a bunch this year too because I don't know if Crowder's going to be back. So there's so many players in the top part of the odds, the top half, that are just not going to win this award that you got to look at Hero Pool and then some of these other guys below, Dinwiddie, Powell, Quickly, right. even right. DeAnthony Melton well, at, at forty-six at, to one. And look at the type of players who have historically won it. Those guys are the second or third. It's guards who can team. score. Guards who can yep. score on teams who put up a lot of points, and and win. you're a main option on Winning scoring. Teams. Yeah, it's guys who aren't really six men. That's what we're trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what it's guys turned into. Guys can easily be starters anywhere else in the league. All right, Eric, let's wrap this up. Thank you for joining me today. We will talk soon. I'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, Mike. Later. Don't exit out. I'm not. Did you end it?
Tschüss.